So I'm here with Clint from the uh, popular retro computing and gaming YouTube channel, LGR. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, so you've just got back from the uh, Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, haven't you? I think that's what it's called, yeah. I can never remember exactly. Long Island something retro gaming, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you said in your in your patron update, Long Island Retro something. So I, I went and, <laughs> yeah, I, I went and Googled it. <laughs> they all have such similar names that they all blend together. So I can just remember where it is, and that's about it. But yeah, mm. Long Island Retro something. Yeah, I need uh, I, I do need to get over there and uh, maybe do a VCF or something at some point. Cause, yeah, uh, this one was you know much more of just a general retro show, but it does have a larger computer presence, like quite a bit. Uh, than some of the others that I go to, which are, you know, mostly video games and people selling video games and arcade games and things like that. Like I've, I've been invited to I think the Play Expo in Blackpool like oh, yeah. a few times. I might actually be going to that maybe next year. I don't know. So I've seen that y'all have you know there's those kind of things over. Uh, I don't know if it's somewhere. I don't actually know where Blackpool is. I need to like doing some research first. I think it's on the West Coast, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I must admit, my my yeah, uh, geography knowledge is pretty rubbish too. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's up north and and kind of that side somewhere. Yeah, it's like a it's like a vacation city or something, from what I gather. So, yeah, it was like one of these old sort of Victorian. Uh, beach towns pretty much all i ever hear is just like people used to go there in the 70s or 80s or something they used to have a lot of seaside arcades and things so it seems like an appropriate era or area to go to for that kind of deal but yeah no i've never i i honestly have no idea what the uh the differences are like between like u.s and uk shows so i would be curious to start attending some yeah the play expos is uh, pretty huge so i think it would be a, a good first uk expo experience have you ever been to the uk I never have. I've I've actually never never been you know overseas that direction. Um, I used to to live in the Caribbean, so I have been over some seas, but uh, no, I've never actually. I've never gone that direction. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm uh, from North Carolina uh, originally, and then um, I've kind of moved around a bit to some you know different places within the state. Um, like I said, in the Caribbean for a while, actually in uh, St. Lucia, and then came back here, like, I don't know how long ago, early 2000s, mid-2000s, I guess, and I've been uh, in the Asheville, North Carolina area uh, ever since. My wife and I actually got married in St. Lucia, so there you go. I know it well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, it, for a long time, maybe it still is, it was one of the most popular, like, marriage and honeymoon destinations in the world, so there was constantly people coming through Yep, I've had family members go there for all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's one of those type of destinations, but we always lived in uh, areas that were uh, <laughs> away from all the touristy spots, which I guess is, I mean, it makes sense. But anytime we'd go down there, yeah, there'd be like 15 weddings happening. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's a, uh, yeah, very original idea. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, the, the only thing I know about North Carolina is that uh, that's where Mr. Beast lives, isn't it? It actually, yeah, yeah. I, I've ran into a couple of folks that I've either, you know, worked for him or like managed property or whatever for him, you know, because he's kind of a whole institution, but he's sort of, uh, North Carolina is a very, very long state. So to for me to get from my part of the state to over there is like a five hour drive, I think. And then to get to the coast, it's another five hours. And, you know, it's a very long, uh, yeah, yeah. Being from North Carolina, it's, 
sort of it depends on the part that you're in. So I'm very much in the the mountainous part, uh, closer to like Tennessee, Georgia, that kind of thing. Okay, cool. So uh, no sort of chances of a, a collab on the horizon with uh, with Mr. Beast. Or- <laughs> I, I I would seriously doubt that. Yeah, no, that's it would probably be uh, highly awkward. I, I don't really know anything. Like, I don't know what, what what the guy's on such a different level than anyone else that I would not even. I'd be like, you're not even a YouTuber anymore. You're just like a weird rich person that does really interesting things, but <laughs> is like almost seems inhuman because they're so wild. So, yeah. 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 I mean, do you watch a lot of sort of mainstream stuff like that on YouTube or is it sort of mainly tech stuff or, uh, you know, I mean, I, I try to dabble every time someone comes along and does something interesting or, uh, controversial or whatever, you know, just to sort of get the lay of the land, so to speak. But no, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been on YouTube for so long that I pretty much know what my tastes are and I stick to those kind of lanes, you know? So a lot of, uh, a lot of retro everything, not really just, you know, computers or technology, but, you know, uh, stuff that's adjacent, uh, a lot of old car content or old architecture or, uh, just general sort of like video essays on, I don't know, movies or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I, I watch a whole lot of YouTube for sure, but uh, honestly, not not a whole lot that's uh, super mainstream, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I, I do watch his videos and, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's just it's just trash. You know, it's, it's you know, all, all loud noises and, and, and that kind of stuff. People throwing money around. And uh, it's like that, that, I think there's stuff that. Like even we can learn from stuff that's kind of in completely different genres, like some of his editing, like his retention style of editing and, and that kind of stuff. It's just really interesting to kind of see because um, the, the the content that he makes is it, really really engaging and, and really sort of compelling. I think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's probably one reason that I I tend to avoid those kind of things too because it's almost like a time sink. Like you, the clickbait is very good and it's done in such a way that it makes a lot of sense, you know, to uh, to do it that way. I mean, I, I actually probably listened to more podcasts that uh that he's been on like discussing his process and like you know the the reasons that he titles the way the video you know the videos the way he does and sets up the first you know 10 to 15 seconds the way he does and all those kind of uh, nitty-gritty youtube details i find that almost more engaging or interesting than uh, the content itself but that's probably just again because i've done this for so long and watch so many things it's like eh, you know i would rather rather see how the sausage is made so to speak yes absolutely i mean i'm into like um colin and samir podcast it's one i listen to a lot yeah same mm. same fascinating stuff the whole uh, youtube process because obviously you've been doing this for what, 15 years now yeah something like that i think lgr for like 14 years and i've been doing youtube f- for longer than that so yeah since since 2006 in some form or another so yeah, it's uh, about 15 years, I think, of actively doing videos. Because I remember, um, I mean, I, I remember watching your stuff back in the day and, and kind of thinking, oh, I, don't, I really want, really fancy having a go at that. Because I've always been into sort of filmmaking and video making and, and making sort of silly little videos about things. And I, I just didn't have the confidence to kind of sit down in front of a camera and, and kind of do what you were doing back in the day. So how long have you been actively like doing what you're doing now? Because I, I think I've started watching you... I don't know how or why, but around the pandemic, so a few years, 
So it was it was just kind of like one of those channels that you kept popping up in various other things that I was watching, mm. or there was like a recommended thing. I know some of Neil's videos and things like that, but yeah, I don't remember what it was. I was all of a sudden there's like, oh, there's this Reese guy and he's doing a lot of stuff I liked, and then I like binged pretty much everything that you've done over the past few years. And I mean, I'm still subscribed to keeping up now. So like, I think I just watched that NEC multi CD changer the other day. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I have, I have one of those. <laughs> that, that, that was a strange one, wasn't it? That was, a, uh, I originally planned to do that as a short and then I, um, I filmed it and I was like, Oh, this has got like a, like a weird ASMR quality to it almost. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, I, I used the, the, the Rode wireless, um, lapel mics. Um, I, I actually put one inside the PC underneath the drive to record the, uh, the audio of that. So it's a good idea. Yeah. I, I, I've had a bunch of those, uh, or a bunch of requests to do, uh, like sort of ASMR style videos of the internals of computer parts and the different drive changers that I have. I've always thought that would be a good idea. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I've haven't done too many of those because it almost feels like, um, <laughs> exploitative is not the right word, but almost too low. I don't know. It, it feels like a thing. Like anytime I've tried to sit down and do it, I just feel like, yeah, but I want to say stuff about this. Like, look how cool this is. Here's the history of this. Here's how this mechanism works. Like, I don't know. I always end up going on some other tangent and never, I can never commit to do something as, uh, as simple as an ASMR style computer video, but there's actually nothing simple about it either. Cause I'm sure you figured it out like the microphone placement, the way it's clipping and the volume levels and, you know, areas of the computer are going to like become overwhelming or like the tiniest little tapping of something else or bumping up against the floor or the table or the, the room ambiance makes a difference. Like it's, there's way more that goes into just making pure sounds videos, but yeah, I don't know. I can never make myself do something too simple in my own head for some reason. Well, that was, I mean, it was going to be a shot in a, another video that I'm currently working on, which is on the NEC PC9821. Okay. Actually, the drive from that machine. And I was just recording the mechanism sort of doing its thing. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stick that up on the second channel. And then I don't know what possessed me to do it. But right at the last minute, I just thought, no, oh, I'll put that on the main channel and see how it does. And uh, yeah, people people seem to really enjoy it. So You may as well. You may as well. I kind of uh, envy the fact that you're, you're, you have the channel to where you can experiment with all these kind of things still. I don't feel like I can experiment as much. And I kind of miss just putting out like, oh, ah, I don't care. I'm just going to put this thing up today. And like, we'll see how it goes over. Um, whereas I kind of stopped doing that around, I don't know, I guess five or so years ago now for whatever reason, like something clicked in my head where it's like, I feel like I have to take it seriously, but it's not that you're not taking it seriously. You're just in a completely different area of the channel's life. And I miss that area where you can still like when you were doing the solar videos, for instance, and I know you've taken those down, but I thought that those were fascinating and I'm like, man, I wish I could like experiment and do kind of put up those things again, but I don't know why you took them down, but I'm assuming it was probably, uh, I don't know. I can imagine the responses I've, I like from other folks that I've known that did those kind of things where it was such a different uh, deal from their channel that it was like, uh, not distracting. What's the word? gave people the wrong impression or whatever of what your channel is. Uh, and then I'm, I can see that maybe that was 
part of it. I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I know some other folks that have done some solar stuff where it's been like, you know, that it, it takes off or, you know, electrical uh, things when their channel is really not about that. They just happen to delve into something on the side. And like, even I've had that where some of my videos have taken off that I kind of wish they didn't. And it's like, they still are getting views all these years later and I'm still getting annoying comments about it. It's always the ones that you don't want to do well that seem to end up doing really well. I find <laughs> Right. Or, you know, not even that you don't want it or you just, you don't expect it. And then mm. you feel like, oh, if I knew it was going to do well, I would have done more due diligence or research or added more depth or, you know, made it more representative of the channel. Like that's actually, now that I think about it, that's about when I stopped <laughs> doing the experimental things is when I was posting some of these videos that just blew up for no reason, like that doom on a calculator video. Mm. Like that's not, you know, that's, I think still my number one video and it doesn't really represent what I do at all. And it's not in my normal style. I did it off the cuff without a script. In hindsight, I got things wrong and left a lot of stuff out. And, you know, it's still, it's still up because, you know, it's like, I don't know, I guess I may as well. But at the same time, I've thought so many times about taking it down or even like, even the Sims stuff, I've thought about taking off my channel, putting it somewhere else, you know, because like, that, I don't feel like that stuff really represents what I do anymore either, but there it is. It's part of the legacy at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I haven't played The Sims since the you know the original one came out, but uh, you know, I, I do still watch all of your Sims videos religiously. Um, you know, the one with the uh, with the goats. Is that the most, the most recent <laughs> yes. one with the <laughs> spawning thousands of goats everywhere? Yeah, <laughs> so, breaking yeah. the game with with livestock. I mean, you don't uh, you don't get that on any other channel, do you? So. <laughs> I appreciate it. The video in general, I think, keeps going in and out for me. Uh, hopefully, mine's coming through okay. But yours is perfect. Uh, my upstream, my upstream bandwidth is absolutely horrific. I, I'm seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, I, I just live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, rural broadband in the UK is just terrible. I, I've looked at like Starlink and stuff like that. So. Oh, hey, you know, hey, there's, there's. There's a subject for you when you talk about like a rural broadband internet as a YouTube creator. That's until very, very recently. That's what I've been stuck with. <laughs> I had, uh, I think, an up, like an, uh, an upstream of around three meg or something for the longest time. Um, and it was insufficient. Yeah, three megabit. So it was like, I don't know what that, uh, what that equates to uh, in terms of actual speeds, but it was horrifically slow like i'd be uploading one of my videos for like a day or so just to get one like 15 to 20 minute video uploaded uh it it was it was unbearable yeah i mean i think mine's around four four point five something like that so i leave my videos uploading overnight so i mean i record everything in 4k at um you know i export it at like sixty thousand kbps or something so it's, it's quite high bit rate stuff as well and yeah, I mean, it can take me all night to upload a video. So um, I've uh, become very, very thorough at, at uh, obviously checking them before I upload them because uh, discovering an error in a video after it's uploaded is just, it's like, no, it's going to take me all day to re-upload this. Yeah, that's, again, that's how it was for me for like forever, really, up until just a couple of years ago um, when they finally, just as I was about to move from my previous place, um, they were like, hey, we've got gigabit now you can get gigabit i'm like i'm moving you jerks <laughs> like <laughs> 
thanks for nothing. So, you know, I had it for like a two month period or something. And then I came here and thankfully they have it here as well. So I finally have decent internet uh, with the gigabit connection, which makes the biggest difference in terms of being able to do those little, because I, I probably go through like four or five iterations of every video just because there is always something, you know, I mean, you know how that is like you want to be really technically accurate or there's something just slightly odd sounding or a weird edit comes through and you don't notice it until like the day after. And there's, I don't know, there's always something odd or broken. So I, I was relying almost entirely on like getting stuff done early and uploading it early to patrons to sort of see it first. Um, but yeah, now I can at least iterate, you know, get a couple or so uploads in, in a day, which is nice. So yeah, it'd be, that would be uh, fantastic. In fact, it's uh, it's nearly an hour's drive to my office, and um, we have gigabit there. And, and quite often, it's actually faster to drive to the office, upload the file there, and then <laughs> and then drive home uh, than it is to actually I upload bet. stuff at home. I bet. Yeah, the uh, but Starlink though, in terms of a thing, like I actually signed up for it years and years ago. And it was supposed to be, you know, available in that area that I was in um, like two and a half years ago, I think. It it never came through. It still hasn't. I never heard anything back from them after that initial, like, sign up. You know, they said it's coming this fall, so sign up. It never did. So I don't know if it ever, uh, if, it's, if it's even available in your area yet. I, I know very few people that have it. Yeah, it is it's, it's apparently available. And um, I think they're doing some kind of deal at the moment where they've slashed a load of money off it as well but um yeah something something i need to look into potentially the cool thing about that as well is that i could power it with the solar setup as well and kind of be completely off grid nice. i guess not that i'm you know, a prepper or anything crazy like that but uh it's just cool no but it's it's just cool yeah like i you know i power as many little devices off of solar you know like the have cameras and security stuff and some different devices around the house and there are just all these little solar panels putting up uh, for each of those. And it makes me want to do something more complete uh, just because it's fun to disconnect stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know. It, th those kind of things, it seems like an awful big project. I mean, you know, even seeing like your videos pretty much nailed that down. Like all of these deals, these little details that you have to figure out in terms of the, the power of storage and the right way to connect stuff and what's even legal or this or that and the other regulations. So... Yeah, and I, I used to get, I mean, part of the reason I took those videos down is I, I used to get so many emails off the back of it and obviously tens of thousands of comments and people even joining my Discord server to ask me questions about, oh, you know, would you recommend this brand of battery or that brand of battery or, you know, how do I connect up my charge controller? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I said in the video that I have no idea what I'm doing, so why are you asking me? But uh, obviously you have to be polite and you have to kind of help out where you can, but uh, it, it just got to the point where it was just sort of dominating everything I was doing, and I just thought, no, I want to get on with the, the old computer stuff, you know, that's, that's kind of where my interests lie. So it's unfortunate that I had to take those down, but there you go. I mean, you know, respect for doing that, because <laughs> for me, you know, at the point that those you know, types of videos for me uh, that got popular that I kind of wish weren't up. They were already making enough income that it didn't make sense for me to do that because as like, you know, I, I, I don't have uh, sponsorships or advertising in that kind of sense, or, you know, these other weird little add ons that so many other people do. So I, I pretty much entirely rely on that and the Patreon stuff as a buffer. So, you know, 
I don't know. So anyway, respect for uh, <laughs> for dealing with that in the way that you did, because I would have been like, well, you know, it's a necessary evil at this point. Yeah, I mean, looking at um, looking at my ad revenue now compared to uh, what it was two months ago, it's uh, it does make you think. But for, fortunately, I, I, I do still have a day job, and this isn't kind of my main right. uh, source of income. It, yeah. it would have been a completely different uh, proposition, I think, if it was. Yeah, that that's the other thing too. Is I've I've committed to this, like you know, the, well, I just dropped everything else, and we're going to make this work no matter what type of thing. So at least you still have. Uh, something reliable <laughs> as opposed to just algorithms which is terrifying you said um obviously you mentioned just just now that you, you don't do sponsorships at all which is actually one of the things that i really uh really like about your channel um you know you, you don't stop halfway through a video to tell us about tell us about you know the latest and greatest amazing mobile game that you've just discovered or you know vpn or whatever and i've actually stopped doing sponsors on my own channel, I, I did quite a few videos with uh, with JLCPCB, who, to be fair, were you know they were really good to work with, and they they paid actually reasonably well considering the size of the channel and stuff. But um, I just thought, no, I, 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 you know, no disrespect at all to people who have sponsored spots in their videos, and I totally understand why they have to do it from uh, you know from a monetary perspective, especially with ad revenue being what it is nowadays. But um, yeah, I, I just thought I'd, I'd kind of go it alone for a while and kind of prioritise the. The viewer experience, if you like, as, as kind of a lofty of a, of a goal as that may sound, but um, sounds like you're uh, you're on the same wavelength with that. But I, I guess you've you've probably had some quite tempting offers over the years with the, the kind of view counts that you get on your videos. I mean, they're all tempting, <laughs> you know. It's like they can be quite lucrative. I mean, I've seen you know some of the deals that that other channels. Uh, or you know, take or whatever, and it's like, oh, I got the same the same same offer for that same ad read, and I know how much that was, and wow, you know that that could have paid you know the mortgage for like six months, but it's like, uh, yeah, at the same time, it is for me. I'm in a position where I'm able to uh, not need to to do that. You know, I don't have staff or anything. It's just me doing this still, and you know, considering that my videos still make the views that they do, and have the Patreon backers that I do. I don't feel the need to do uh, sponsorships unless it's, it would have to be, you know, I, I'm not against them either. I, and I totally don't under uh, want to, you know, like under uh, cut anybody that does them. I completely get it. But for me, I'm in a point where I, we would have to be something that I use already, or I just really love the product and service that much that I'm already talking about it uh, in videos where it would integrate, you know, it would have to integrate nicely and uh, it would also have to be, like, to be honest, just a whole buttload of cash <laughs> because, <laughs> Fair because otherwise, like, it's just not worth it. You know, for some of the, the that I've done in the past, um, one of the sponsors that I did, and this was years and years and years ago, it was, I think, a three-week process of editing, re-editing, and refilming the sponsor spot just to get it in there. And I had to put off the video. I had to delay it for weeks. Just to get the sponsors, you know, a 60-second ad read. They didn't like this. They didn't like that. They didn't like the items that were right after the sponsorship. They didn't like the placement. They, they didn't like my bumper at the beginning. They're like, we want the sponsor before your logo. They wanted all these types of little things. Back then, I didn't know that that was going to be part of the deal at all. You know, I just was like, wow, they're offering this much money. Like, this will really help right now. I need that. <laughs> and then it ended up being such a hassle 
Um, so that really soured me to even taking on more, but, uh, and, and you know, and I've, I've heard so many other horror stories too, about like, you know, you get into this thing and you think it's one type of deal, but then they rely on this many click throughs or this many signups or this many, this, that, and the other. So that limits what I would want to take even more because I would want like a flat rate that was up front and that they don't have any editorial control over your video over. And they would, they were like, um, uh, yeah, another one that I did many years ago. They didn't like the fact that I mentioned other brands in the video. And I talk about like brands all the time, you know, even old ones that don't exist anymore. They didn't like those, like mentioning Compaq or Packard Bell or whatever on these old computers. They're like, no, you can't show those because we're this type of brand and that'll be a conflict of interest. And I'm like, I don't understand that at all. So yeah, it was, uh, just bad experiences, uh, turned me off to it as well. But, um, yeah, there's also the fact that it just messes with the flow of the video, mm. too, especially when they have control over where the sponsorship is. You know, I I see people being like, I wouldn't mind sponsors if they were at the end of the video. Well, no sponsor wants to pay for th something at the end of the video because everybody's already clicked off or at least 80 percent of people. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a whole minefield. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did those couple of reviews with the um, the EcoFlows, which I was actually looking at buying to use as part of the solar setup anyway. And, you know, I was looking at them and then they, they literally just emailed me out of the blue saying, hey, do you, you know, do you fancy reviewing this? And I thought, well, that's like £350 worth of kit that I was literally just about to buy anyway. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So. But uh, it's very rare for that to happen. Same with JLC PCB, actually. When I, um, you know, I, I haven't done anything involving PCB fabrication for quite a while, but I was actually using them for um, fabrication anyway. And then they literally emailed me and said, oh, by the way, if you talk about our, our website ordering process and our, our production process for 45 seconds somewhere in the video, we'll pay you X amount for it. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of the story of how I, I built this thing anyway. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was a really easy decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I do sometimes wish that it made more sense or, you know, if I had somebody to maybe handle that for me, like most of the big channels that do take on these big sponsorships, they have at least one or two people handling all that. Um, it, for me though, it just doesn't make any sense to divide up my time that way when I can just as easily do literally anything I want to in my video and, uh, get, you know, somewhere close to that amount with just the revenue and everything. Like if that were to change, if YouTube's landscape were to change or my audience were to, I don't know, not as engaged as much or something, then yeah, I could see it being an inevitability at some point, but hopefully, hopefully some other system comes along. That's a little better than this, this current, uh, mm. I don't know, way things are where people feel compelled to take on sponsors. They don't really believe in, which that's just unfortunate for everyone. So change your pace. I think change your gear. I think that's enough YouTube talk. We're probably boring people to tears. Um, as fascinating as we both find it. Um, obviously, we're we're a very similar age, aren't we? I mean, I was born in 84, so that makes me 39. I was born in 90. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm 86. Yeah. So we actually, I mean, we both grew up in that kind of golden era of, of 90s pc gaming obviously we kind of entered the uh, era with uh, very basic platformers like commander keen and stuff like that and, and by the end of the 90s it was like half-life and deus ex and that kind of thing so really amazing uh, sort of 
pace of, of progress throughout that era. Um, and obviously, I know it's one that's very close to your heart and one that's very close to mine as well. So, um, yeah, I thought we'd talk a little bit about our uh, kind of differing experiences, the opposite sides of the pond and, um, you know, that, uh, that that kind of area in general. So, I mean, when what is the story of, of when you got your first PC? Well, let me hear yours first, because I don't, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm sure I've told Brian, it feels like, many, many times. So, True. Yeah. It is it is a fairly um, fairly obvious uh, interview question, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, we got our first PC in '94. Um, we had the Atari ST okay. before that, and um, an Acorn Electron before ah. that. Which uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think you had uh, over in your part of the world. It, the Electron was like the cut down version of the uh, the BBC Micro. I actually have one back there, but it, we definitely didn't have it back then. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've since gone on. I, I quite like the Elk. It's a neat little thing. Nice little keyboard. Back in those days, um, th there was a brand called Tiny, and um, they were actually on like most of the high streets in towns in the UK, just selling PCs like off-the-shelf, fairly basic uh, beige box PCs. Um, and that's what we got. It was just a normal-sized... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a desktop, which was cool. Um, obviously, it was kind of that before the the whole tower era um and it was a 486 dx 266 uh with four meg of ram and it had uh, jazz, jazz jack rabbit on it and it had the doom doom the uh, the shareware episode of doom on there as well i had played on pcs before that my dad had a uh, a work pc that he used to bring home for the weekends to do his uh, spreadsheets and stuff and uh, i remember playing wolfenstein 3d and commander keen on that yeah that's as very similar in a way, because our our uh, first one was a 486DX266 with four megabytes of RAM. Wow. And <laughs> it was uh, 1990, I want to say it was late 92 that we might have gotten, maybe early 90, I don't know, it was around 92. Because um, it was, my brother was like a year old and it was he was born in 91. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a Packard Bell Legend 486. So they were sort of the go-to, like, you just find those at every random shop. Uh, ours came from a circuit city, but you could find them anywhere. Like, they were just, you know, the go-to uh, cheap computer. And, um, but, you know, it, it, it certainly served its purpose. I, I don't think it had any games on there at all that it came with, other than, like, I think I had the best of Windows Entertainment Pack. <laughs> Some of that. That was about it. I had like Klotsky and that was about it that I remember. Um, Chips Challenge? No, didn't have that. Um, no Chips Challenge, no no Jez Ball, no Ski Free, none of that. It was like a, like a cut-down version of the pack. It was only a few of the games. Uh, so okay. it, was, it was like, yeah, like Tetravex, Tuts Tomb, Klotsky. Of course, Solitaire was always there and Minesweeper, but... Yeah, just a couple of the boring ones. <laughs> and uh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even know that like games on a computer were a thing uh until I went over to uh a family friend's house and he was like a musician that had this like this this amazing DOS rig and he you know, he was eventually the one that introduced me to like the Roland uh gear and you know, he had an MT32 and all these things. Uh my computer didn't even have a sound card. It was PC speaker only. Um but I specifically remember going over there probably Christmas of 93 and um, he had doom, uh, but it was definitely not something that the parents were okay with. They're like, no, 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 don't play that. Uh, too many demons. And then uh, well, I was like, okay, well, we've got some kids stuff on here too. I played uh, commander keen. Goodbye galaxy episode four. 
so that was one of the very first things that I ended up installing because he gave me a copy of that, the shareware one. And uh, I think at some point before that, memories are hazy. I, I know I had uh, some kind of a copy of Crystal Caves. So it was one of those that was the first game I ever played was either Crystal Caves or Commander Keen on that 486. And uh, yeah, before that, the only computers I knew of were like the Apple IIs that were at school. Like that was about it. Uh, my first computer experience was the Apple IIe in kindergarten. So that was uh, not very much before that, though. I mean, this was still the early 90s, and that, that's what they had. <laughs> yeah, it's in interesting kind of the – interesting you mentioned the Apple II and the, the, the school computers because obviously over here it was all British machines like the BBC and the uh, – you know, we had a brand called RM. Um, I've got, got quite a nice RM486 that people always love to see. because RM? Does it stand for anything? Uh, research machines, it stands for, yeah. I don't think I've heard of that. Purely just a, a, an educational market thing, but they were, they had, their first machine was called the RM Nimbus, which is quite, a, quite an infamous PC because it used the, uh, the 186 processor, and it was, it's one of the few oh, wow. um, you know, kind of off-the-shelf desktop PCs that actually used that CPU. Um, but it, it's a really weird proprietary thing, and people pay really, really silly money for them nowadays, but... Uh, I would quite like one for the collection. Yeah, yeah of the, course. <laughs> the one I have is uh, it, it's called the Window Box, and it was like a later uh, sort of 486 thing that they did. But uh, still a nice machine. Um, I've, I've upgraded it to a, a DX4100, and uh, it's got an Orpheus in there and all of that good stuff. Ah, yes. Did you have uh, any kind of dedicated, or, or I don't even know if you went to any sort of public educational institution thing? I, I did very early on. But it was pretty much just kindergarten, and then I was homeschooled for a very long time. Okay. And then uh, it wasn't until, like, high school that I went back into schools. But even then, that was a private school. So, like, my computer in school memories are weird, except for just the beginning there, where they actually did have a computer class for the kids in, in the you know the very first year of uh, schooling. But I don't know if they, if they did things that early over there for you two or not, or they waited a little bit later or what. Yeah, certainly did. I mean, on the, um, the BBC Micros, um, the, the, uh, the, there was a thing called the Turtle that was quite big over here with the uh, the logo programming language. Right. So it, yeah. it was like a, a robot yeah. that you put on the floor that had a pen in it and um, you could control it with the BBC Micro and you know, yeah. the, the teacher would lay out like a, a load of sheets of paper on the floor and then we, we kind of had to do some very rudimentary uh, programming stuff, you know left 45 to make it turn left 45 degrees and then forward 100 and you know, it would trundle along really slowly and uh, they had like a, a really long uh, parallel cable that plugged into the top of it that plugged into the uh, the back of the bbc micro and it was like you know it's like someone's job to hold that out of the way to make sure it didn't get tangled up and uh, hours of fun <laughs> that sounds pretty great i, I would have been just yeah flabbergasted to see a computer doing something like that i was just impressed that it could like that it could print across the room like that was mm. insane to me <laughs> what are you working on uh, at the moment like do you have a do you have a series of of like a backlog of things that you just have sort of in the works all the time like i do or is it just sort of whatever happens to to come along cuz i mean obviously having a a job too that messes with the uh, scheduling so to speak yeah, I've got a, a really long um, ongoing project. Um, I mentioned earlier the, the, the NEC PC9821, which is just, I bought that super cheap from one of the Japanese auction sites. And um, 
it's one of those ones where you buy it and you get really, really excited about it. And it takes like three months to arrive because it's got to come by boat from the other side of the world. And when it finally did, it was all it was really badly packaged and quite badly damaged. Um, so it's taken oh. quite a lot of work to uh, fix that all up cosmetically. It's now at the point where it's complete and it works and it boots. And I filmed all that footage and I've just got so much footage to go through. And it's like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's one of these things that just looks like a massive overwhelming project and it's like how do you how do you present that in a an interesting and concise way kind of thing um and i've also got these atari 2600s that you probably see on the desk next to me which um i can yes th these came from the northwest computer museum which i went to last year uh which is recently opened to the public oh, right. which is cool and i thought as because they did me such a good deal on uh, a big pile of old ibm stuff and a commodore pet and uh they basically threw these in for free, and I don't really need them because I own multiple Atari 2600s already. I thought, as a kind of as a nice favour to them, I'd kind of fix those up and uh, you know composite and S video mods and uh, send them back to the museum so they can use them as exhibits or or sell them to uh, make a bit of money for the museum or or whatever, and obviously make a video out of that as well. Well, good. But are you um. I obviously watched your your latest one about the the NetPliance eye opener, which was uh, very cool. Yes. I love that um, that whole era of kind of dedicated internet appliances, and particularly like the like the hacking scene that kind of grew up around them as well. And you know, people trying to turn them into full blown PCs and stuff, which obviously you mentioned in the video. But uh, it'd be cool if you uh, maybe if you did like a follow up going into that in a bit more detail, as you as you kind of hinted at and, and teased us with. Yeah, I was entire like actually started that video with the intention of like here's how you do this and here's what it looks like you know because there's nothing except looking at old cached news articles and weather reports to do with it right now, so I really wanted to but as soon as I uh, got it open and started looking around the inside of it about a month ago, it, uh, it dawned on me that I have one of the very last ones ever made, um. And by then, it was like the fifth or sixth version, and they had locked down as much of it as they possibly could. There's a BIOS that doesn't allow you to boot from anything other than the internal flash storage, and I think you have to modify some of the, like a pin or something on the IDE header to even allow it to work. Uh, I have the custom cable for it, but yeah, so I was really hoping that that was going to be where I would go with that, but that changed. So it ended up being sort of a, a generic overview of that type of early internet appliance, but yeah, they've always fascinated me as well because of, you know, the fact that they were just PCs and they were so adamant that they weren't PCs in all this marketing. They're like, this is for people that don't want a PC. Uh, where the whole idea was to use something that wasn't PC based just to get on the internet, but inside it's just a socket seven windows 98 machine effectively. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, the fact that it runs Q and X is kind of cool, but mm. you can't even swap it out for a more, open version of that that lets you do anything you want without hacking it. So I need to figure out the BIOS chip situation. I don't have any way to like reflash that or anything. So yeah, I haven't even checked the comments yet really very much, but I'm sure people are saying, just do this. It's always just do this, <laughs> yeah. but it's never that simple. There's always a little bit extra. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're the polite ones. It's the other ones that are like, yes, can't believe you. You couldn't work out how to do this. But. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, get off my back. 
especially whenever Linux is involved. This Linux is like, just, just put Linux on there. It's so easy. Just do this. And it's like, well, you know, I, I would love to, but that is without, you know, that is, that is beyond the scope of this particular video. I've got to cut myself off somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, I like that machine, but need a, need a bit more time to do it. Reminded me of the, um, you know, the flip video cameras that everyone used to use for, for YouTube back in like 2007, mm -hmm. 2008, whenever it was. And, uh, Obviously, the the idea behind those was that they were kind of single use and disposable, and it, it was like a matter of weeks or whatever until it was like hacked wide open, and they discovered like uh, right. you know, there's like a USB header on the on, on the circuit board and stuff, and and people were buying these cameras for next to nothing and, and modifying them and turning into like turning them into full blown video cameras, which was uh, it, it was a really cool era of uh, of computing and stuff. Yeah, they were rushing so many things out to market, just sort of repurposing existing tech or boards or something. And it seemed like, yeah, every few months there'd be a new article on Slashdot saying, oh, you can hack this, you can put this on it. It was the same for the eye opener as well. And uh, some of the other things that I've got hiding back there, I've, uh, I haven't actually looked into it yet, but I have one of these little, um, it's a, a kitchen computer, like a desk or a, a countertop, specifically made little kitchen computer. But I believe that's a similar situation, too, where people eventually figured out, oh, this cheap little thing can actually do way more. Um, and it comes with a built-in LCD and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun realm uh, that I had, don't really see too many people talk about. Although I did see that somebody was – another YouTuber was actually working on an eye-opener video, like starting yesterday or something. They started promoting it. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't <laughs> – <laughs> what weird coincidental timing. Like I've had this device ready to cover for 12 years. And like, this is the week that I decide to release a video. And little did I know this one other person was thinking the same thing um, within days, I guess, of probably me having, oh yeah, I need to finally cover this. I don't like stepping on people's toes, but what you gonna do? It's not like we have a discord where we all talk about everything we have planned. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are rumors of, uh, you know, certain underground shady retro computing Illuminati groups that kind of pull all the strings in the retro world. Yes. Yeah. Wink, wink. We don't have this. No, we don't, no. We don't have. <laughs> yeah. People just aren't that organized, you know. I Honestly. Yeah. 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 I remember um, I remember a few years ago, um, Neil and um, Nostalgia Nerd both released videos at exactly the same time about... Uh, games on CD on the ZX Spectrum. It was like predated actual, actual <laughs> right. CD ROMs by years, and like just completely coincidentally, this really obscure subject, and they they just both happened to make a video on it at the same time. So, yes, yeah, interesting. But it, uh, to be fair, I mean, when that does happen, I, I, I'll still watch both of them because it's interesting to see different people's takes on the on the same subject. Yeah, same. Like it's it's all just adding to the you know fun community engagement of it all, but. At the same time, there's, you know, the, I don't know, like, I, it, it kind of makes me feel bad, <laughs> especially being like, you know, uh, the, the larger channel or whatever. Like, I don't know. I would have much rather collaborated if I knew this other person was working on it. Uh, Michael MJD in this case, which he's got okay. a great channel. Yeah, yeah. And I wish, you know, I'm like, dude, if I knew that you were working on this thing, we could have done some sort of crossover eye opener deal. Uh, I haven't talked to him about it yet, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is uh, as a person viewing, I think, quite fun to see uh, multiple views on a subject, but it is always very odd whenever they 
coincidentally come out, you know, something from 20 plus years ago. You just happen to be thinking about it at the same time. Like it, you know, it, it makes total sense if you're covering like a, the 20th anniversary of a game that released, because a lot of people are going to be thinking about that. But when you're talking about the eye opener, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but somehow we both had one at the same time. Yeah, I remember um, there was a thing called the Chumbi from around the same time. I don't know if you remember those. It was like a like a beanbag with a screen on it. You've probably you probably got can't. One. S- yeah, it's right there. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's in that little bag. It's it's probably hard to see. I can go get it if you want. <laughs> oh, go on. It'd be fun to have yeah, a look at. I haven't seen it. Why not? It would. Chumby. <laughs> In the original bag and everything. Yeah, this is one that I was considering doing instead of the eye opener. But okay. I was like, eh, this thing needs a little... Yeah. This is one of the yes. first 50 chumbies ever made. Nice. Have you earned that from new or? Uh, somebody, somebody gave it to me probably, I don't know how many years ago. Uh, after I, actually it says prototype, <laughs> not to be operated in a residential environment. I don't know. I didn't know it was one of those. I don't know if that's legally binding or. Never mind. You never, you never saw this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I did a video just talking about odd, I think, 2000s computers and weird little devices like this and mentioned the Chumbi and they were like, oh, I've had this one ever since it came out. Maybe before it came out. But yeah, this is a it's a funky little beast. I don't know what you were about to say about it, but here we have a visual now. So There we go. No, I was just going to say, I, I remember reading about them at the time because, um, you know, I was always on like Slashdot and sites like that. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever, but they never released it in the UK. Really? Back in those days, you know, 20 years ago, whenever it was, it was, you know, it was a lot more difficult to get stuff shipped internationally. So I've never, never had a chance to own one. It's just like a bean bag. Yeah, it's got like touch sensors in the sides as well, hasn't it? I remember. It does, yeah. I think, that, but this was also one of those things I remember seeing uh, that people hacked into and made it do all the kind of stuff that they wanted, especially after I think the servers or whatever it connected to went down. Because, of course, none of these were very successful and only ever lasted a year or two on the market i think so i don't know if they have internal batteries in those you might want to i want to check out the battery situation <laughs> honestly yeah it, i mean it has a wall you know plug but i don't know what that means it's been sitting here it was in storage for so long uh well anyway that's a bit of a discovery <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's a very strange coincidence there you go but Proves the point that, uh, you know, sometimes people think of these things at the same time for no apparent reason. So, but yeah, that, I remember when that was, you know, that was originally cracked and people putting Linux on them and all sorts of stuff. So very cool thing. Very much of its time. Have you ever been uh, that type of person to just go out and buy a thing that's cheap just so you could hack it and make it do things it's not supposed to? I'm going to say yes, but then you're probably going to ask me if there are any specific examples and I can't think of any. Um, yeah. I can't really either. <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing that I would do. I know one that I had the intention of doing. Mm. Yeah, it does. It, and, and like, it seems like a thing, you know, I've, I've seen so many of them. I bet the only one that I can think of that I intended to do that with was the Ouya. But <laughs> I, I, I backed that little computer and then got it. And it was so awful that I never, 
never bothered like changing around and opening it up, you know, to, to more, I think it ran just basic Android or some version of Android, but you could supposedly make it an Android box. And I never bothered. It just, it turned me off to the whole idea of it so much when I got it. Yeah, I did. Um, I recently bought a Nintendo 3DS um, with maybe the intention of making a video on, you know, the whole um, jailbreaking process or whatever it's called and putting, there's like a, a, a modern re-implementation of the, uh, the eShop thing that used to run on there and stuff. And I, I got it and I, I kind of ran through the process and it took all of about 10 minutes and wasn't very interesting. And then I played, for, played with it for five minutes and yeah. went back on the shelf and seems to happen quite a lot with this stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah, especially devices like that where it seems like, you know, every so often somebody does a, a type of video like that. And it's like, maybe there's something slightly new, but I feel like I've seen, you know, between that and the PSP, like every couple of months, somebody will be like, there's a new way to jailbreak it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, you, what can you do? that's any different than what I was doing back in 2008 or nine, I guess not much. I don't know. They've <laughs> the, the, the whole market saturation of, of small jailbroken devices is, is significant on YouTube land, at least, at least in my feed. I don't know. I'm always seeing things like that pop up. Yeah, I mean, I, I did the um, the IBM fifty one sixty two, the two eight six machine, which was uh, it was like a six megahertz machine, and there were limitations like built into the BIOS. Obviously, you you know all of this stuff, but uh, for the benefit of everyone else, um, and I, I did a I did a series on that machine where I um, you know I was trying various things to see how fast I could make it go and how fast I could run Wolfenstein three D on it, and uh, that that's a lot more interesting to me than just sort of running through a. A, a bunch of instructions on a website somewhere like oh you know from now copy this file to the sd card and it's like you know i'd, I'd rather be uh desoldering things and uh, swapping timing crystals and flashing biases and all that kind of stuff so yeah that's that's very much the same for me it's like you know I, all of these uh interesting little emulation devices and, and little boxes that play like twenty thousand games could basically not interest me any less at this point. But if we're talking something from 35 years ago where I can boost it from like 7 megahertz to 7.5 using this little thing, then, you know, that's that's a that's a good time, you know. <laughs> You're doing something that was unthinkable or really expensive or just, you know, extremely niche back in the day. You're finding like uh, one of my sessions, too, is, is finding all of the different boards that convert old computers to another old computer. So, you know, the, the Apple II inside of a PC type of thing that I covered uh, not too long ago. Um, or I actually have the opposite one that takes an Apple II and turns it into a PC and it drops a little 8086 in there. Things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm continually finding myself drawn to those over and over. Uh, maybe not the best performing videos, but I don't know. The audience definitely seems to get a kick out of it too. So... I, I would much rather cover those all day long than like, you know, the next random Chinese Game Boy clone that plays 40,000 games. Yeah, I was, um, I'm actually sat here looking at one of those. I was recently sent one of those. And, yeah. Uh, they, uh, they emailed me and said, do you want one? No obligation to review it, but uh, if you like it, you can do a review on your channel. Yeah, that, that's how I've ended up with a few of them myself. <laughs> and then like, you know, literally a week, a week after it arrived, they were just 
multiple identical reviews all over my uh, my YouTube exactly. homepage. People who had had exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. It's like, well, I'm glad I didn't really spend any time on that because everyone else has covered it. So I'm not really sure what I could add that would be uh, original or interesting. But uh, yeah, unlike uh, obviously the old PC accelerators and, and people uh, turning machines into other machines and doing stuff that they weren't intended to do. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with a channel called Action Retro at the minute. I'm sure you've probably come across Sean and his uh, yeah shenanigans. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he started around the same time as me, I think, and his channel's just grown so quickly. I started watching y'all both around the same time, I think, so several years ago now. I don't know how he, apparently he has a full-time job as well. I don't know how he finds time to <laughs> keep putting out so much stuff, but yeah, it's really good. I probably need to get, get him on and uh, have a chat with him. Definitely. I'm, I'm supposed to be meeting him uh, next month at the Vintage Computer Festival Midwest. Um, he's supposed to have a table there and stuff. So I'm, I'm curious to finally, you know, pick his brain a little bit as well. Cause yeah, he does some fascinating monstrosity projects and, you know, mixing up things that shouldn't work and stuff like that, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to watch. Um, and at the same time, yeah, I don't know how in the world he finds time for some of these things. Cause <laughs> it's all I see is it's sometimes hard to watch videos like that. Cause all I see is the work. And I start thinking about the workflow and like the research project involved or like the, the cleaning, all these, all these things. Yeah, I'd be interested in uh, maybe a crossover episode between you two, some kind of uh, collaboration or something. That'd be quite cool to see. He could do a Mac and you could do a PC, maybe. You could even do the whole I'm a, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC thing, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe another one of those. Because uh, there's so many of those uh, crossover devices that did cross, like Mac and PC. Uh, like, I've covered one of them, but that was sort of a, a Mac that was built in dos support but there's some of those boards by like orange micro or whatever and all those kind of things i've always wanted to cover one of those yeah it's interesting um i think it, his channel is a good example of, of kind of how high the bar is for for, for kind of people starting out on youtube nowadays because um like the quality is so far over and above what it used to be like you know like 15 years ago when, when you first started yeah at the same time i do like I've talked to a number of folks, you know, because I get emails all the time about people wanting to start a channel. How do they do it? What are your tips? Da, 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 all the the normal spiel, and it's like, um, <clears throat> now like the number one thing I say is don't buy a bunch of equipment yet. <laughs> see what it's like first for a good while. It always sort of bums me out when I see somebody with a lot of drive and promise, and then they like spend four thousand dollars in camera gear, and then they end up. Uh, getting turned off to it because they, they jumped in the deep end too quickly and it became too complicated too quickly. So in a way it's almost, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost too much to watch certain channels now. And, you know, I'll, I'll run across like a new video from someone I've never heard of. Fantastic, fantastic video quality and all this stuff that feels, you know, edits and uh, motion graphics and wonderful voiceovers and, they've had a channel for like six months. <laughs> like, how does that happen? <laughs> what is this? Yes. I, I'm kind of baffled a lot of times nowadays. Cause yeah, I mean, I just started with a VHS camcorder and capture device and that was it. But obviously that's changed so much that it seems, uh, I don't even know what I would do if I were starting now, basically. So I don't even know what to recommend to people when they ask anymore, except for not to go too quickly. Uh, unless like, I guess you have a background in videography or something. 
I think, um, you know, when people ask me, obviously phone cameras are more than sufficient nowadays, you know, they're really, uh, really excellent quality. Um, but it's mainly audio, I think. Um, you know, yeah. you, I think, I know it's a bit of a cliche now, but uh, you, you can get away with sort of not so perfect video as long as the audio is good, I think. The only thing I say about video is use a tripod. <laughs> That's it. Like in terms, like you can have a great 4K, lovely quality phone video, but if it's doing this, then, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me sick and probably other people too. Uh, yeah, a tripod and a half decent microphone that literally is most of what you need in terms of gear, probably some lights if you want to like, you know, but you can, you can get out for, you know, basically your smartphone, a little, a little stick and that's about it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, there's not much more than that. Everything else just comes down to that drive to do it after a while. And just, I guess, uh, screen presence, the, the willingness to continue to improve and figure that out. But like, you can't teach that, so, or maybe you can, but I was never taught it. So, <laughs> obviously, you must have a, a very strong work ethic to uh, have continued doing what you do for so long. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's and obviously you have to be kind of very self motivated, and I'm sure there's plenty of days when you think, oh, you know, I really, really don't want to be doing, really don't want to be working on video stuff today. I suppose it's like any job, really, but uh, you, you have to keep hitting that release schedule because you're your income relies on it. So yeah, so it's a big commitment to a point. There's also just a lot of stubbornness and not wanting to, uh, <laughs> to feel like a failure or, you know, a, a nice little healthy dose of depression here and there to really like, <laughs> like, okay, I need to get this done to like lift me out of this little area of like a feeling like garbage. Uh, so yeah, it's a combination of probably not so healthy things. Um, but you know, after 15 years, you get used to it. And <laughs> I, I really don't know how a lot of other channels do it. Uh, I really don't like it's, it's admirable. Anytime I see, you know, somebody, just starting off and just, I don't know, hitting the ground running. It's, it's pretty wild. I really don't know. I like, I think about it too. Like, uh, it is what I do or the style of, of thing that I do. Like, how long is that going to continue staying relevant? Because there's all these new, uh, ways of, of, uh, putting out content and shorter form content and other apps. And of course, YouTube is always evolving and pushing different styles of content. So I kind of never know, uh, really what, is going to continue working well for LGR as a, as a channel. So in a way it kind of always feels like I'm just starting out, which is bizarre, but it's true. Now you mentioned it. I remember you being on, I think it was one of the VCF panels maybe last year and somebody asking everyone a question about their, you know, their production process and stuff. And, um, you know, some of the other guys on the panel were like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I do this, this and this and I plan it out and I have like shot lists and all this kind of stuff. And you were just like, yeah, I just play with stuff and film it and put it out there. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds quite a lot like what I do. So <laughs> evidently I'm doing the right yeah. thing. I uh, Maybe not. I don't know. The right is a very uh, it's a large word, but, you know, it's at least something that works for some of us and. For me, I've never really worked well with a whole lot of structure or a whole lot of planning or a whole lot of, I don't know, just just all that. It's probably why I didn't do so well at different schools and jobs and things over the years. But um, at the same time, 
I, I'm not sure I would necessarily recommend it for everyone either that's making videos. But if it works for you, then go for it. You know, there's no sense forcing like a system or or doing those kind of lists at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us are just. I, I try to run this like it's still a small channel, and in my mind, it is. It really never hits that it's kind of big or something until I'm at something like VCS, VCF, uh, where uh, yeah, I'm just hounded by folks left and right, can't even get lunch. You know, <laughs> that's a little bit of a weird thing. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's still just me in the office or the bedroom. You know, I, I happen to have more computers and cameras and stuff now, but the, the philosophy very much hasn't changed. Like. It was it was called lazy game reviews for a long time for a reason. The laziness was there. <laughs> it's like the old uh, the Bill Gates quote, isn't it? You know, if, if, if I want a job doing uh, the most efficient way possible, you give it to the laziest person because they'll, you know, they'll find a way to streamline it and automate it. Yeah, there there's an efficiency. There's an efficiency to be found. I I, I do get the impression, you know, watching your channel and kind of. I get the impression that uh, you do have a very kind of streamlined process that you go through for each video. Uh, like sometimes, you know, you, I mean, a, a while back, I, I think uh, you tweeted about something and you were like, oh, you know, I'm just playing with this today. How cool is this? And then like literally later on that day, um, it went out to your patrons as like a video. And I was like, wow, you know, how, how does he do this? But uh, I think it was, uh, I think it, it must've been a blurb, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. It might've been. Yeah. A lot of times when I do those kind of little promotions or, you know, just a teaser or whatever, it's because I've already been fiddling with it for like a month. Um, so yeah, it's, it's sort of, uh, yeah. Or, you know, in a way, just sort of making myself feel better about wasting all this time. <laughs> like, okay, let me put this out there and like make double sure that people actually give a crap about whatever this little thing is that I'm messing with. And, you know, that makes me feel better about like spending that last 5% finishing the video over the next eight or nine hours or whatever it takes that day to, to finish the last edits. So it's kind of like a, a psych me up type of deal. Um, like when I had the net plants, I had been going on and off and like taking research and notes and getting bits of B-roll and taking it apart since like last April. Uh, and then a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I posted just a picture of that pizza key that was on the keyboard just to sort of gauge interest or whatever, see if people would get excited about that. Because at that point I was feeling like I'm already tired of this machine. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do all the rest of it. Uh, but yeah, it, that went over very well. I was getting all these, uh, Rexes or whatever the stupid site oh, is called yeah. now. I hate, I hate, I hate everything about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it started doing you know well there, and I'm like, okay, good. That gives me the the extra initiative. Like I'm, I'm, I went after that and recorded my first bits of voiceover and things. So, yeah, that that's more for me than anything else. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a pizza key after all? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like I was looking up the pizza keys. Like if anybody is making them for mechanical keyboards, like a special key, they are. There's like folks really making some pretty cool ones. So kind of want one now maybe a, a crossover with lgr foods ah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's still a channel that exists but yeah i don't think i've uploaded to it in probably almost two years now so yeah that was a fun experiment but i don't know how much how much more of a thing it'll be i guess if i ever feel inspired enough to make something interesting again but 
it's it's funny how people still love it because um if you look at um like like some of the comments that you get on your uh, on your regular videos um you do still see people making references to lgr foods like oh i, I didn't know lgr foods had a tech channel and stuff like that and uh I'm sure you see probably probably see hundreds of those, and it's not original to you, but uh, it does always, it does always make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I I never really expected that to uh, to catch on. I mean, I, it's not like it was ever making money, but it was a thing that people latched onto mentally. I think more than they did like in big numbers. It's just it's just I don't know. It has its own weird personality or following or something where I do get so many comments and questions and like, when is that coming back type of things? Uh, it's similar to, to how thrifts is or was, I guess, uh, where people almost know me more for that or remember me more for that than anything else. Uh, I get more questions about thrifts and foods at, at conferences in person than I do just about anything else, which is nuts. And those are comparatively small followings so to speak so and and you know both of them i haven't done in such a long time <laughs> the foods because i haven't really felt i don't know i, I kind of ran through all of the things that i normally make and have fun with and then with thrifts it's gotten so weak while thrifting in the area now that i just don't hardly find anything i mean i was thrifting yesterday and i think i got about 20 seconds of footage in two different stores like that was it. So it takes ages to put one of those together now and find enough interesting stuff that I haven't shown a million times before, or just, I don't know. There's only so many times you can show like a, a, a set of VCRs on that shelf and be like, that's kind of cool. And then you move on. So it's, yeah, I miss thrifting. That's the one that I miss foods. Maybe not so much, but thrifting. Yes, I do miss that. You, uh, tempted to try, uh, try any streaming or, so yeah, uh, the streaming thing, now that I finally have a decent connection, I have actually tried it uh, a couple of different things um, just to sort of get the kinks out of it. And I'm, I'm finding that I never do. And I sort of, you know, speaking of, of people that I don't understand how they do this all the time, streaming. In any time that I have tried, it's either been one technical hurdle after another you know, equipment being weird or, or glitches in, in the system somehow, or, uh, you know, just staying on for so long. Personally, I don't understand how people do that and not go in completely insane. So, uh, yeah, I think that I have, uh, now that I've experimented with it, uh, on a couple of different channels that I don't, I don't promote them or anything, but I just put stuff out there and just try like streaming games or whatever. And, you know, eh, just see how it goes. And every single time I'm, I'm so ready to turn that system off. Be like, Nope, just, just, I'm done with that. <laughs> I've tried OBS. I've tried these other the X split or something. And there's like two or three other things over the years. And every single one of them, it just ends up being an awful interface or just such a bad time to use it. Or something goes weird with servers and the, uh, the issues with, uh, lag, both with between the chat and the video and then like latency with the captures, because I can never seem to get that right. Cause mostly what I want to stream is PC stuff and you end up with weird jittering. And so, yeah, don't understand Twitch streamers or people that do live stuff all the time uh, without going insane. Maybe they are all insane now, but uh, is that something you've dabbled with it live stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the the very very early days of my channel, because you have to get the four thousand watch hours to um, 
join the partner program nowadays. And um, I, I hit the so the requ- requirement at the time. I think it's changed since then, but it was a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours within the past twelve months. And I hit hit the one thousand subscribers quite easily because I did Dosember, and uh, I, I did a video about my IBM fifty one fifty that seemed to blow up and got a load of attention off the back of that but uh, i was still really short on the watch hours and apparently streaming counts so i, I did basically just said to a load of people um you know on, on discord and, and people i knew in real life like you know i, I want to get my hours up so i'm going to do some streaming so if you don't mind could you uh, kind of come along and watch it kind of thing <laughs> and there wasn't really any kind of plan or it, it it was a lot of fun because obviously the channel was still tiny at the time and everyone in the chat were kind of people that i knew and um yeah i, I got the pc hooked up i um I used one of those CGA to RGB adapters into an OSSC into it was a really convoluted setup and um yeah, yeah. We, we we played Loom with the uh, the PC speaker which was quite painful. I don't know if you've played that particular version. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um I did a I did a stream of uh, Dark Forces uh, you know the uh, the Star Wars FPS that was uh, that one was quite legendary because I, I basically got completely lost on one of the levels and spent about an hour just going around in circles. And, of course, everyone found it completely hilarious. And, and pe- people still talk about that. People still mention it to me. It's, the, it's like part of my, my channel's lore now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's something I would very much... It, the thought of it kind of scares me now with the, the size that the channel's at. Because, um, obviously, I've got, like, you know, 23,000 subscribers-ish. And I just think, you know, if I go live now... Will it be? Will it be kind of overwhelming? Will there, you know, will there be absolutely loads of people? And will a lot of the, you know, will like the majority of those people be expecting it to be something to do with solar power? Because the, that's uh, where a lot of my subscribers <laughs> came from. <laughs> you know, will it just be people saying, "Where are all the solar videos gone?" <laughs> right. Get some solar optimization streams going on. Just going and figuring out the best way to set it up. On there's got to be somebody doing that. But I did have a concept actually, which. Um, that kind of combined the two, which was how long can I stream from like a, a 486 PC powered entirely by my solar setup? So I'd literally start at 100% battery and then start streaming and basically just keep going until <laughs> until the battery dies. Um, I think that would have been quite fun to do. But uh, yeah, maybe one day. In terms of uh, of gaming, do you do much of it just on your own free time or do you find it mostly like revolving around video projects? Because for me, most of my gaming tends to honestly revolve around video projects, which is which is depressing at times, but it is the fact of it. It is, yeah. I mean, I when I do game, it tends to be like the modern remasters of stuff that I've played, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. So, like, obviously, there was the the Quake remaster um, a year or so ago. I played played all of that through. I played literally the every Quake Two when just came out a few days ago. Yeah, kind of I um. It's funny, I started playing um, the Doom 64 remaster because I've never played Doom 64 before because obviously that was, a, that was exclusive to the N64. And then the Rise of the Triad remaster came out like a week later, so I started playing that. And then the Quake 2 remaster came out like a week after that. So I've, uh, I've committed to uh, finishing Rise of the Triad before I start on Quake 2, but I have bought it and installed it ready to go because I don't get much time to actually play these things. So... Uh, I keep them installed yeah. and I keep them updated. Yeah. So uh, when when I do have uh, you know an hour to pounce on them, I don't have to sit there waiting for stuff to update for ages before I can actually start playing anything. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it's good to see this old stuff kind of being brought back to the fore and, and back into uh, the uh, the public consciousness. And 
always loved Rise of the Tribe back in the day, one of my favorite games. So uh, it's cool, cool to see it getting some love. Yeah, for the, for the next five years or so, I think we are in the exact target demographic for all of these remakes, especially of 90s FPS and you know things like that, because it's it's all a bunch of dudes in their like mid to late 30s making the remakes and wanting the remakes and we're just all like okay we've got we've got the money we want this to happen now um it's it's, so it's kind of a nice time to to be like our age and alive (laughs) because there's so many of these coming along uh and i I could just know that like in five years or so i'm going to be seeing remakes of things that i don't think are old enough to need one we're gonna start getting to like the early 2000s remakes and uh I know there's already like uh, I think a Max Payne remastered coming, and uh, or I've heard rumors of it. Uh, I could just imagine something like. I mean, we've already had some of the Halo remakes, but yeah, once we start getting to uh, to remastering, I don't know certain certain things that don't feel like the like Fear, for instance. Once I see like a 25th anniversary edition of Fear, I'm going to just shrivel up and die, <laughs> like. <laughs> I will just be a, a just put me in the ground already, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be depressing. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice right now seeing all these like mid to late nineties things getting their their twenty fifth to thirty anniversary. Yeah, it's like the the Xbox, isn't it? I mean, you did like a what was it the twentieth anniversary video all about mm-hmm. the original Xbox, which actually actually inspired me to go and dig mine out that I've actually owned since new and I've since done, uh, you know, the yeah. HDMI mod and the SSD mod and stuff like that. But uh, that's that stuff's all really big at the minute because the people that grew up with that as kids are all kind of reaching adulthood now. And it's like, you know, I was I was like at, at college when I had one of these. So, right. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. College, college halo parties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we once did um, the full sixteen players. So uh, round round one guy's house once. Oh wow! I think I think it was like five a.m. by the time we finished. But uh, yeah, well, it's a lot of CRTs. <laughs> it's it is a lot of CRTs. Yeah, I've got photos of that somewhere. Actually, that was that, that was one of those legendary nights that we still talk about. You know, twenty years later. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's always weirding me out when uh, I'm seeing things like uh, Windows Vista start getting to the nostalgic point. I, I, I get so many comments about Windows Vista. Anytime I mention it now, they're like, oh, that was the OS of my childhood was Windows Vista. I'm like, oh, no. Well, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Uh. But, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's not up to us old guys to, to gatekeep what's retro or stuff like that, you know. It's fine. Yeah, I, I I don't get involved in any of those kind of arguments like what is vintage? What's retro? What counts as being nostalgic? Or, I don't care. It's whatever you like, whatever you remember. It's whatever you, you know, have a have a, a hankering to revisit. You know, sometimes I, I feel nostalgic for like, <laughs> like something I was revisiting the other day was the original Red Dead Redemption. And that was in like 2011 or whatever. I mean, that's not tremendously old but it somehow feels long ago enough in my mind that like man i haven't booted that up in forever and it, that was like it's it's been you know a good probably 11 or 12 years so I booted that up again i'm like wow this looks so much worse than i thought uh <laughs> the the resolution is terrible on the ps3 and i was just like so disappointed it, it's because you know they were uh they had the re-release of that um come out on like the switch and stuff yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh man, I haven't tried the original in forever. I still have it on the PS3. 
I don't know. It's nostalgia is weird. It can be for things as recent as that. So whatever. I'll, I'll just make videos about all of it at some point. It's fine. <laughs> it's just an, an endless cycle. Uh, so is that, I mean, is that the, uh, is that the extent of your sort of modern gaming or? Uh, honestly, I, I mean, I've put like, gosh, about 120 hours into Diablo four. So that's, that has like been my obsession for the past couple of months. Uh, my brother and I just been making characters after characters and just running through the campaign with different builds. And they have these seasons that come out that changes the map and stuff. So that's, that's kind of been my only real modern gaming type of thing. But even that, it feels so old school because it's Diablo. Like, <laughs> you know, it's basically the same idea as like the late nineties. So, you know, whatever, it's just got some updates to quality of life and controls and, you know, they swap around some of the way the weapons and skills work, but it's still Diablo. It, it feels old school to me. So yeah, there's not too much that comes along. That's uh really genuinely fresh. I don't know if that's my fault or the industry's fault, but you know, any, anytime I go to like a modern gaming convention, I just see a bunch of stuff that doesn't interest me, which is, <laughs> I never thought I'd get here, but there, you know, there we are, unless it's like, uh, you know, Oh, Hey, Max Payne's getting re-released. I'll go to that. But, uh, I can't even remember the last new game that I played that was like a genuinely new, fresh, like IP or something. Can't recall. Hmm. Yeah, that's I interesting. <laughs> I really can't. Oh no. Hmm. It's so strange to you know to have gro to have grown up in the nineties and you know to think that it was only a few years between like you know Commander Keen and Doom and it's like you look at stuff nowadays and there's stuff that came out you know like Half Life Two was like twenty years ago and does modern stuff look all that much better and I'm, I'm probably just sounding old and. Yeah, you know, get off my lawn kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of that. There's a bit of that. But, you know, it's also just the fact that it feels like, to me anyway, anytime that I, I sort of survey the landscape of what's out there and it's all games that I feel like I've played a hundred times before. Like, okay, there's another open world game with crafting and vehicles and like, it's the same. I feel like I've done that, you know, ever since Assassin's Creed or whatever. It's been the same formula. Uh, with, you know, nice little shiny graphical updates and things. Um, like, you know, I played Horizon, whatever the heck, and Spider-Man, whatever the balls, and all those. Like, you know, anytime something comes along and it's nice and flashy looking, I'll try it. But it rarely holds my attention for, you know, longer than six or seven hours, which is which is weird. Uh, again, considering, like, whenever, you know, we were just sort of growing up and it feels like every month there were like two or three new things coming out that were like a brand new fresh idea or like some crazy new technology or, or way of playing or a new game mechanic that nobody had ever seen before. And uh, yeah, I don't know the past 10 years or so, whether it's due to age or just the, the trends of the industry, it feels rather stale except for little tiny little incremental quality of life updates, I suppose. We're just old. We're just grumpy old men. I guess so. Yeah. Grumpy old men tinkering with 30 year old hardware on, on YouTube yeah. doing our thing. Just let me play Commander Keen for the 500th time. That's, <laughs> that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, we we oh. actually, actually played through all of them, um, you know, during, uh, you know, 2020 and, and lockdown and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was, it was my wife's favorite game when she was a kid. 
and um, we got it up and running on my NVIDIA Shield on uh, on RetroArch and just basically sat there on the sofa and just played through all of the Commander Keen games, which was, it was pretty cool, actually. It was, it was quite awesome. Was the Shield, I, I never tried the Shield. Was that a, a laggy type of, it? I forget, what, what was that? Was that the streaming one or was that the... Uh... Didn't it stream stuff from Steam or something? I don't remember. It could do, yeah. So it's like it's yeah. The Shield, they did two, didn't they? They did the um, the handheld thing that was designed for like streaming games uh, from Steam, like you say. But, That's the one um, I'm thinking of. They also did yeah. the Shield TV, which is one I'm talking about, which was the it was like an Android powered set top box oh. thing. Um, so you got Netflix okay. and YouTube and all that kind of stuff on there. But uh, yeah, obviously being Android, you can install. Um, you know, retro arc and all sorts of emulators and things like that. And um, it's the same, it's, this, it's the NVIDIA Tegra or Tegra X1 chipset that the Switch uses. So it's actually quite a powerful piece of hardware. So it hasn't been like killed off by like services going down or something. Because it feels like every time something like that comes along nowadays, all I can think is, okay, how long is it before something kills it? Like some contract dies or some service goes down or something, I don't know. Um, it's very easy to be cynical nowadays whenever a new like connected device comes out well you say that but um i do have one very major gripe with it um when i first got it the, the you know the dashboard was really really useful and it was really well integrated with the apps and you know if you'd started watching a series on netflix you know the next time you fired it up it'd be like oh do you want to watch the next episode and it'd all be really handy and over the course of a few years the ads started to take over the dashboard to the point where it was like three quarters of yeah. the screen was like ads for Disney Plus and stuff that I don't even have. And in the end, I because it's Android, you can obviously you can set up ADB and, and kind of delete stuff and block stuff. And I actually just completely replaced the whole launcher right. on it with uh, <laughs> with something that was completely ad free. It's like, well, you know, I, I spent like hundreds on this thing and it didn't have ads when I first got it. So how come now every time I, I turn on the TV, I, I just get a face full of ads? Um and I know a lot of people complained about that on the internet at the time as well. So, but yeah, hardware hardware wise, it's a, it's a fantastic little piece of kit and still updated. So, oh, good, good. I'm glad they haven't like just dropped it because so many of those. Oh my goodness, uh, it's, it's one thing that kind of worried me about um, the Steam Deck initially. I wasn't really sure what the support was going to be like because uh, it seemed like you know I've bought into some of like the Steam boxes and the steam controller and i've had all these kind of things that were sort of like exciting for a few months and then they got yeah nobody cared after a while but the steam deck has really seemed to have taken off like i was at you know at this convention recently i saw four or five of them just out in the wild in the airport people using them on the subway it's like you know people at the convention had them like that thing has taken off like just about no other device like that that i've seen um, I'm curious if if folks have really snatched onto it over there too, or what? Yeah, yeah, no, it's huge. I remember, um, you know, I remember when it was first announced and when it was first released, and thinking, oh, you know, it's yet another one of these projects from uh, from Valve that's just going to get dropped at some point, and you know, it's really, really expensive, and it, it was one of the rare toys that I saw come along that I actually wasn't really interested in, and thought, oh, it's, you know, it's just going to disappear at some point, and actually, it's it's just gone from strength to strength, and particularly like all the work that they've done to get all of the uh, the Windows games running sort of seamlessly under under Linux. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing how well it works, really. Um, I'll, I'll probably end up picking one up at some point. At this point, it would almost be worth waiting for the second one. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent selling mine in as soon as there's any inkling of a second version because there are so many things about it I don't like um, in terms of the way it feels and uh, the screen is 
truly horrible for a device of its caliber and price. Um, like all those little handhelds, every one of them that I've used have a significantly better screen than the Steam Deck does. Like it's just a bad little LCD with like not great viewing angles. It's not OLED. The response isn't great. I don't know. It's fine for what it is, but between the screen and the controls and like the, the buttons are too small and cramped for my thumbs. And there's a lot of weird little things like that, that I I'm hoping for a second iteration to, to fix up. Um, but other than that, I love the thing. Like it's again, things like that windows compatibility layer that they have going on is uh, shockingly good. Like there's so many things on there that I've run that I never expected to run like old windows 98 games and uh, various windows applications, modern and old. Uh, I mean, just Linux in general, I guess has come so far like in the past five years that uh, it's, it's just gotten insanely good. It's surprising how few stories you hear about people buying them and then, you know, kind of never using it or not really getting on with it. Literally everyone I know who's bought one has just been like, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I use it all the time, you know, so it's cool. It's uh, yeah. like you say, probably worth waiting for the, uh, for the next one by this point. Cause I'm sure they, I'm sure they have something in the works. I would, I would hope so. It would be nice for them to, uh, to at least offer uh, maybe a different size one. It's also just phenomenally huge compared to every other one of those I have. Like there's, you know, even compared to something like the Aya Neo or whatever, those are so much more compact and they have pretty much the same style of screen, but they've just shrunken everything down. And I know they're not as powerful to some degree, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of room for improvement in my, in, in my view. Uh, kind of one reason I didn't do a video on it is because I thought I would just come across as a contrarian. Like everybody loves this thing. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement, at least for my my eyes and my hands. <laughs> it's neat, though. Like um, like angry video game nerd and stuff like that. You know, AVGN and his his whole shtick back in the day was uh, tearing stuff apart, and obviously it was quite funny. And he, he's still going strong. So yeah, he's, he's another one of those channels that's kind of been around forever. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. At least with him, you could always. Uh, write it off as sort of a spoof or parody or just being jokey. But it got to a point after a while, I think when uh, some of my videos, uh, a good 10 years ago, uh, maybe I haven't really thought about it, but I was putting some videos out that were just highly critical of like really just bad games or bad computers or, you know, certain things in, in, in certain uh, parts of the video gaming where I used to do these like wrap up videos talking about the games industry and stuff and sort of railing against certain companies or practices. And I don't know, I just sort of soured myself on it really quickly. I found and uh, tried to make a conscious effort to be more positive or, you know, not sugarcoat stuff, but to not necessarily seek out video projects that are specifically chosen because something is so bad or like, ah, I'm going to be angry about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, AVGN's, uh, Doom video was very positive. The, the one that he did recently that had uh, John Romero in it. So, oh, that's a good I one. didn't see I enjoyed that. that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So here's a question about videos. When you're doing the uh, obviously when you're researching for a particular machine or whatever, do you watch other people's videos or do you like to? Because um, um, 
you know, when, when I'm working on a video on, on, on something, I very actively avoid other people's videos because I don't want to pick up yeah. stuff from them and, uh, you know, sort of inadvertently copy them and stuff. Same. I, I avoid other people's videos uh, until afterward. And then I, I avoid Wikipedia entirely, if at all possible, because um, th there's very little to gain from that. And you end up parroting a lot of the same points everybody else is going to be doing because so many people use it. Um, so for me, yeah, I pretty much start with magazines, books, newspapers, and just go from there. Uh, or if something was covered in old footage, like an old, uh, like computer chronicles, a show like that were to cover something that I did, I watched that, but I try not to watch anything at all. That's somebody else's. Yeah. Honestly, it's not as big of a thing, uh, as it used to be because once I got done covering like the IBM PC and the ZX Spectrum and the Amiga. Like I started covering things that nobody was talking about. And so now there's just no videos. <laughs> so I, I was looking up the eye opener. I'm like, nobody talked about it. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to finally do a video on this. And now I guess there's like two videos going to be about it in like the same month, but so it goes, but yeah, yeah, I totally avoid that stuff because it's, uh, it always sucks when somebody's like, "Yeah, you just copied so and so." It's like, well, I, I something sometimes it happens coincidentally, but I, I try to make a point of not being influenced like that. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. It's funny, and the, the reason I mention it is because I I found a big old box of CDs uh, in our attic of, of games that you know I've, I've had since the '90s and completely forgotten about. And one of the games in there was uh, Moto Racer, which came free with a. Uh, a it Matrox or Matrox graphics card, anyway, uh, back in the uh, day. I've always heard Matrox, but Matrox, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I that's how I would say it too. And um, I was like, oh god, I remember this game. It was amazing. And I, um, you know, I got it all up and running. And I thought I'm going to make a video about this because surely not many people have covered Moto Racer. Did the whole thing, got it all done, you know, scripted, edited, recorded, uploaded it, and then I, I, I searched on YouTube, and obviously the top result. And I think the only other person who's made a video on it is you. <laughs> And I sat and watched your video, and I thought, people are going to accuse me of copying this because, like, the, the whole narrative of it ah. is the same, and, like, so, some of the shots, like, some of the captures that I'd done are, like, the same bits of track with the same bikes and stuff. And I, I guess it's it was quite a limited game, so there's only so much you can say about it, but it, it was yeah, just funny. It yeah. was just, like... But thankfully, <laughs> I think yours... I mean, yours were, like, I don't know, six or seven years old by that point, so I guess many people had forgotten about it, but... Uh, yeah, I was worried. I thought, oh no, people are gonna people are gonna say, oh, you're copying old LGR videos now, aren't you? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, people do get up in arms about silly things like that sometimes when it's like years and years apart. You know, it's like I I totally don't jive with the whole reviewer dibs or you know what I don't know. But I do like to at least not have things come a come around at the same time if if they weren't. I don't know that could just look iffy, like we were saying earlier. I think, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny though. I, I I never thought to really look up Motor Racer. That's weird. I would think other people would have covered it by now, huh? That's a good game though. I love that game. It's a very good I game. Still, uh, it's one of those I always. If I ever have like a Pentium One Sixty Six, like Motor Racer is going on there every time. Simcopter. <laughs> yeah, Simcopter. Uh, Interstate Seventy Six, Mech Warrior Two, Carmageddon. One and two, yeah, that whole era. Pod, of course. Pod is one of those that if you can ever get a machine that runs it, it's really special because it's just such a pain to get working. <laughs> uh, that's a that's another one that I'm shocked 
and yet not shocked that hasn't been covered really, at least that I've seen. Uh, and I've put it off. Like that was one of the very first games I wanted to cover on LGR and I still haven't done it. Um, one, because it's so special to me, but also because uh, it's so hard to run and get the proper footage captured. And uh, two, I just thought other people would have covered it because it was pretty, I perceived it as a popular game back in the day, but maybe it was just a selection bias because I ran like the pod freak fan site. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was one that completely completely passed me by back in the day actually i have to admit I, pod was a quite a recent discovery for me really oh man it's... screamer games as well i always thought those were more of a european thing like <laughs> i don't know obviously back in those days when you know be, before the internet and all that kind of stuff it, we were all kind of living our own kind of isolated experiences and obviously there's a, there's a lot of crossover with kind of the more popular stuff but uh yeah it's interesting yeah, things that this, this seemed normal or every day. It's like, yeah, you figure out you were like one of two people that ever played this thing or something. It's, it's always kind of funny. Yeah, Screamer is a weird one. I remember a friend of mine getting a copy of that in like a big bundle of racing games uh, in Walmart. He, he like never got the sound working because it was one of those Windows 95 era times where you get a bundle of like games that were specifically for DOS, but they tried to make it run on Windows 95 and everybody's sound drivers were odd, so it never worked with sound. So I don't think we ever played it because, yeah, we ended up playing, uh, oh gosh, what was that other one? Death Cars. Oh. I think it was another one in that pack. Yeah, that's another one that I, I keep thinking that somebody's going to cover it better, uh, but I still have never seen any coverage. I like that one too. Sort of similar vein to Pod but with uh, more of a wipeout influence, a lot of weaponry and cool sci-fi stuff. But yeah, eh. late nineties racing games. Sometimes I feel like that's all I could cover, but people would get so sick of it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I guess we should um, probably wrap this up somehow. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Are you going to uh, cut this down a, a wee bit or just kind of leave it? Just leave it. Okay. Well, even with these bits where we're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, this bit has to be in there. Otherwise, Reese is a fraud. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. it's all <laughs> fake. It's all fake. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would totally edit this down to, yeah, yep, yep. Oh no, no, it's been it's been fun talking to them. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. I've um, I've not really interviewed anyone before, so you know, I've been interviewed a few times, but. Uh, I'd give it a go. I thought, you know, if I'm going to interview someone for the very first time. I know. Just just, just start at the bottom and work your way up. <laughs> this time next year, I'll be interviewing Mr. Beast and, uh, you know, all yes, those people. PewDiePie. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, it's, it's, it's been emotional. Uh, it's been so much fun chat, chatting about stuff. So, um, yeah. Any last uh, any last thoughts for uh, Control Up viewers? Um, well, if you made it this far, I appreciate it. Maybe you would like uh, some LGR things or some Reese things, you know, cover a lot of similar stuff. So I'm I'm assuming there's plenty of crossover already. But uh, yeah, if not, yeah, hope you all uh, stick around for, for more of what we both do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, check out uh, check out LGR if you if you haven't heard of it. It's uh, a new and upcoming channel. Yes. And check out Reese as well. No, seriously, because I'm going to be sending this out, you know, to my own like uh, subscriber base or whatever. So I, I'm sure there's going to be some new viewers coming along. This guy makes good stuff. 
should you should watch it. That was very kind of you to say. Cool. So I think uh, I think we'll leave it at that. So uh, yeah, thank you very much, and um, yeah, I'll uh, see you soon. Signing off. Good day and good night, and God bless or something.